to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. going to be talking tonight about tonight is serving and just the awesome and uh, opportunity that it is for all of us and how many of here you were here last week man awesome so we talked about vision last week and, and I just want to share briefly our pastor talked about last week about my testimony and it's true I mean if you flash rewind to 2005 I was someone with no direction no purpose no ambition no desire, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but it took one encounter with Jesus to completely change. And like, he wrecked my world. <laughs> Everything that I thought was true wasn't. And so it's just an incredible opportunity. I'm, I'm so excited to just be able to talk about serving tonight, and we're all excited about iConnect. When we started meeting uh, several months ago, it's just something that God has, put on, has placed upon our heart that... God has a plan for every single person in here, like every single person. And the truth about it is our salvation experience, my salvation experience in 2005, isn't the end. It's the beginning. You know, aren't you glad that life is so much more about, it's not, it didn't just end when I got saved. Life isn't just about a ticket to heaven. It's God doesn't, he's not done with us then. Like there's still a whole, a whole universe, a whole world that he wants to unlock to us. And the whole the purpose and the reasoning behind iConnect is to connect you to the person that God has called you to be. It's such an amazing thought that how many people are maybe here tonight or not here tonight, and we walk around and we don't know our purpose. We don't know our calling. Um, a friend of mine, when we were in New York several years ago, like to play, he would play a game on the subway where when, as people would come onto the train, we would guess, hey, what, did that, what does that person do for a living? So if they were like wearing some kind of bag or computer case, we're like, hey, that guy, he works in IT. Or that lady, she was dressed really nice, has some high heels. So we're like, hey, she must be a business lady. She must work in the stock market. She's very dressed very nice. And something that I've always thought about is like, how would we know? Like, we don't know anything about that person. For all we know, they could be unemployed. <laughs> you know, you're, they're dressing for the job that they're believing they're going to get. And something that has always stuck with me that from that day and just thinking about this week is that how sad would it be to think about that person and that person's walking around not knowing what they are or who they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to, to do in their life. And the whole point of iConnect, getting plugged into vision, and serving and commitment is to get us to where God has created us to be and what he's called us to do. And I just think it's an amazing opportunity. And I just want to use kind of an example tonight. I did, this isn't my idea. So I just want to throw that out there. So in case any of you guys accuse me of plagiarism, 
So I'm not, this is not Trey's copyright. I did put my own twist on it. But uh, basically, this is called a dream board. Anybody ever heard of a dream board? A few people? Okay, I've seen it a couple times over the last several years used in different ways. But we're just going to go example by example. Some of us, and you have to bear with me if the tape falls off, my purpose. Some of us are walking around in life for like, what is my purpose? What am, not just in church, but should I work in this job? What is my purpose in life? What is my calling? And we have other opportunities like some of us, we want a husband. We're believing that God's going <laughs> to. Some people said, no, we don't. <laughs> Some of us, we want, they, we want a husband, and we want somebody who's going to provide for us, and we want marriage, and we want family. And you also have a wife. Some of us here want a wife. Nobody better say they don't. No guy's going to go. <laughs> so you also have success. How many people want to be successful in work, in life, in job situations, in college? We want to be successful. We want to make something of ourselves. If you look here, we got a good parent. That's something that I've that since I was a teenager and and now is I want to be a great parent. I want Cadence and our children to look up to Megan and myself and and know that that those are godly parents. That those are great parents and I want to be a a provider. Men, fathers, we want to be providers for our families. You also have debt free. Can we get amen? A lot of us we want to be debt free. And so it's a true thing. We, we, we want to see financial freedom. We want to see breakthroughs in our bank accounts and our wallets. We want to be able to open our wallet and smile because there's something in it. My plans. How many of you know that we have our own desires and our own plans? Things that we want, our dreams. I used to, be, want, to want to be a professional baseball player. Y'all could have said he could do it. <laughs> Or basketball, I was big into sports. You know, these were my plans. I wanted to, to, to be a writer. I wanted to be all these things. At one point, I wanted to be an architect when I was in school going through science. And so you also have happy. How many of us want to be happy? Super happy, right? And the last one is we all have a will, too, that sometimes we battle with. And the thing about this, I want to tell you, all these things are in God's plan for your life. These aren't, too, these aren't selfish. These aren't unrealistic. But what I want to bring to your attention is that none of these really have God in it. There's not a lot of seeking God. There's not a lot of God. And what I want to use an example tonight. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> Vanna White. <laughs> I like to buy a vow. All right. So through iConnect and through getting, as we said, with division and, and commitment and serving, it's all about changing our focus. It's all about putting God first in our lives. And we do that by serving, as we're going to talk about tonight. And we do it through prayer, praise, His plan. We seek after God's plan, tithing, giving, worship. We yield to God, His will for our life, vision, and His word. This is the heart behind iConnect. This isn't, it isn't some radical, overcomplicated thing, what we're telling you is that when you put God first, when you seek to build His kingdom first, God's going to look after you. And I think what I saw, the great thing about this is when we begin to change our focus, and when we begin to focus on these, God begins to focus on this. Isn't that an awesome thought? 
that so many times we battle and we wrestle, we spend so much time on these things, and we may obtain some of those in our own strength. But you know what? When we begin to focus on this, it changes God's focus. And so that's the heart of it. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that my testimony that I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have the most amazing wife. I wouldn't have cadence, my job, if it wasn't for Jesus and the opportunity to serve. As I said before, it doesn't end with the day that we give our lives to Christ. That's just the beginning of something new and something absolutely amazing. And so as we continue tonight, I just pray that you hear my heart and, and Pastor Philip's heart last week and Pete's heart next week is that our heart is to see you thrive in what God has called you to be. That when you get married, it's the person that God created you, the person that you were meant to be before you were even born. That that was the person. I know today I could stand up here 100% honest and know that I was always meant to be married to Megan. Cadence was always meant to be my daughter. And it's such an amazing thing. And we're just believing through iConnect over the next couple of weeks that we are all just going to be challenged and inspired. And just to give you more background, I think believe, uh, starting in May, we're going to start doing this quarterly. So as new people come into the church who want to get involved in ministry and church, they're going to be able to go through something like this. They get an opportunity to serve on the welcome team and, and get your feet wet and learn what it, it means to serve and to be a part of something. But guess what? That's not the end. I connect isn't just a three-week journey. It's a lifetime journey. It's a cycle. It's a something that it's a, a beginning step that you can get on that's going to catapult you into what God's created you to be. And then it's going to be a cycle for other people. You know, I think it's going to be amazing. One of the things that we're looking to do as we start doing it on Sunday mornings is to have video testimonies so that when new people come in, they get to see you guys on video talking about what God has done in your life since you've been at HeartSeas, since you were saved, since you got plugged in and you started serving in our church. How amazing is that? God's going to use you right there. So I just think it's awesome. Uh, I just want to start with an opening statement tonight that serving is a choice. We heard last week our goal. Our goal as a church, as leaders, as ministries here in our church, is to never use you. We're not here to twist your arm, to manipulate you into doing what is best for us. That is no way. God's house has no place for that. But we're here to encourage you. We're here to, to, provide, to help create an atmosphere where you're comfortable, where you can grow and learn and, and become that person that God has created you to be. But we're never going to make anybody serve. It's not something that we're going to force people. We're never going to guilt people into serving in ministry. It's a choice that you have to make. And I just pray tonight as we continue that when you leave here tonight, that it's just going to be a foregone conclusion that you're going to do more in this church, that you're going to step up and you're going to be what God's created you to be. So in Joshua twenty four fifteen it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've all heard this scripture. You know, in life, we're faced with many choices on a daily basis. One of the most important life-changing choices we can make as Christians is the day that we choose to truly serve the Lord. That we let go of the past. No more one foot in church, one foot in Christ. No more, I'm in the world. But when we finally make that decision, you know what? I'm all in. I have nothing else to lose. That's when amazing things begin to happen in your life. And it's also mentioned in Joshua 24, 15, it, it says, 
to choose the gods that you will serve. We've heard of this, we've heard of this part too. You know, we may not be faced with the exact thing. We may not have to decide what gods we are going to serve. But you know, there are many things in life that if we're not careful can distract us from what God has in store for all of us. Sometimes work, finances, hobbies, relationships can become such priorities in our life that they become God's. We're talking about this side of the wall. You know, that we, we put too much focus on what God can do for us as opposed to the actual doer, and that's Jesus. You know, that's where we want to we put our focus. And that even if most people around you, if this is their lifestyle, if all they're focusing on is on the world and what's in the world, you can still proclaim that for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, that's a big step that we have to make because sometimes we're surrounded with people who aren't on the same level. They're not involved in church. And when I'm not just talking about friends and, and coworkers, you may have close family members that don't, that don't agree with you going to heart's ease or, or what you believe. But you know what? But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord with such passion. You know, that there's another scripture in the Bible when it talks about the children of Israel, that they incline their hearts to God. And when you look up the definition of incline, there are several, but one of the ones I thought was amazing is that you lean towards something. So if you have a ramp, you're going to go to wherever that ramp is leaning. But if you incline your heart to God, that no matter what the situation or no, no matter the circumstance, guess what? You're going to always roll back to Jesus. That you're going to always be back at the foundation, at the basics. And so I just encourage you tonight, let's just all make that decision. But as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. And so as we move on, what is serving? What does it mean to serve the Lord? I mean, there's so many definitions. We can just look at serving on paper and say, hey, it means to help in my church. It means to be a part of the welcome team and to work in the cafe, to invite people to church. But I just want to go a little deeper tonight and just read something. It says, serving isn't just a physical act. That's part of it. But there's more. To serve the Lord speaks of a deep desire, a desire to commit ourselves, and if you want to fill in the blanks tonight, to his plan for our lives. You know, that's our mission statement and, our, and our, the statement with Connect. His plan, my life. Not my plan, but his plan, my life. It speaks of relationship and trust. It's about him. We may all go on to serve in different ways in our church, but there's one common truth that we must share and that is serving is a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle that's going to bring glory to God. As you get involved in church, whether it's in the welcome team or you have a passion to work in youth or in the nursery or the praise and worship team, I want to tell you that the goal of every ministry here is that no matter what we do and what we put on as a church, it's got to bring glory to God. We're not in it for ourselves. You know, one of the most amazing things I've ever heard our pastor say is years ago, he talked about, and it's just something simple. He's not interested in having his face plastered on some huge billboard. Come look at Pastor Philip Pimlot. He's about Hartsey's Family Life Church. That's our pastor's heart. That's the vision that's in our church. You heard last week about that, that this vision has been with him since he was a kid. None of this is by mistake. You know, we wouldn't have the opportunities that we have as a church and what we've done. Do you know how many ministries and, and missions that we actually sow into now? You know, and it's because of God. It's because there is a vision. It's because it's a lifestyle. 
And it's a lifestyle that's going to that's gonna bring glory to God. You know, a, ses- a successful church or ministry is one that's going to always point the way to Jesus. I mean, you can stop right there. Why do we do what we do? To lead people to Christ. That's what, this, that's what we're in here about. Anything can happen. Jesus is here. You know, Jesus is in our youth ministry. Jesus is in our praise and worship ministry. He's in the nursery. He's in the kids. He's in the welcome team. When Jesus is here, anything can happen. I'm telling you now, I was one of those people that had the most hardened of hearts, that knew the truth, grew up with a Christian mom who brought us to church. But you know what? I decided to walk away, and because of things in my life, I was very hardened. But you know what? In March of 2005, Jesus was here, and anything happened. Anything happened. So amazing. It's the same testimony for you guys that we want the credit and the focus to be on God. You're going to hear me say it a million times tonight. I'm here because of Jesus. We want the credit to be God. As God begins to to do all these other things in our life, like providing a husband or a wife or a job or success, guess what? I want every single one of those things in my life and your life that we can say, you know what? I only have it because of Jesus. I'm not interested in success that I obtain on my own. I have no desire for it. Because if I just tell somebody, hey, I'm good at math, so I got a job as an accountant. Okay, awesome. But if I say, you know what, the only way that I got this job, I wasn't even supposed to be interviewed. I ran into a boss of a boss of a boss. Just using an example, our testimony should point the way to who Christ is. And so as we move on tonight... You may have a a couple of questions. Why should I serve? Why should I serve? Why should I be a part of Heart's Ease? Why should I get involved in ministry? And there's just several reasons we're going to go over tonight. Number one, and to kind of tie on what we were just talking about, it honors God. As we just mentioned, serving is an opportunity to bring glory to God. The impact that we can make by serving should be a testimony to who God is. If people are seeing us instead of Him, We have lost sight of what's important, and as we talked about a second ago, pointing the way to Jesus. As a church, we want to see people grow in Christ. We want to see everyone fulfill their God-given purpose. What better way is there to honor God than to live our lives according to His plan for them? I mean, that's, that's just such an amazing way to honor God, is that when God can look down on people this church and say, Trey, you're doing what I called you to do. Missy, you're doing what I called you to do. Patrick, you're doing what I called you to do. Kayla, you're doing what I called you to do. When we are obedient, it honors God. According to his plan. God isn't just moved by words. He's moved by action. Our culture at HFLC, I want to tell you today, is to, is to be an active church. It's a church that's going to serve the Lord. We're going to follow his plan for our church. How many know we talked about God has a plan for our life. God also has a plan for this church. We heard about it last week, the vision that God has given our pastor. And you know what? We're not going to stray away from that. Even when things get rough, we may see other churches may be doing something. But you know what? That's not their, our plan. That's not what God has for us. So no matter what, uh, we... You can trust in our pastor and you can trust in the leadership here that we're going to do what God has called this church to be. That we're not going to operate outside. We're not trying to be like any other church. We're not trying to, to be like every church. We're trying to be Heartsease Family Life Church, a vision that God gave our pastor as he was a kid. 
something that God has just done a, a, a miraculous works to think that this church started with eight people and look at it now. Can I tell you just within the last several months in our year, we've doubled on Wednesday nights. This is amazing. We've took out partitions tonight. That gives me chills. That, that, that's amazing. You know why that, that, that happens is because people have decided to step up. I've, in, in the seven, eight years that I've, I've been a part of Heart Seas, I've never seen this flux of people get involved in ministry. It's so amazing to see the passion that people have, that they don't just want to come to church. They want to be a part. How can I serve? How can I make a difference? And it's just something that I pray as we go through tonight that we just grab a hold of. And I just want to echo again, because I just really feel like, to feel like this. Worship is such an amazing thing. But I want, I want to tell you, I really feel from the bottom of my heart that there's a special worship involved when we live our lives according to God's will. When we're that living sacrifice. You know, I, it makes God smile. I hope you I hope you get that tonight that Christianity isn't this sometimes we God has saved us and he's delivered us and we try to go through all these leaps to thank him and we think like if I can only do this I, I could show God how thankful I am if I can only do this if I can give enough money if I can do enough this with my time I want to tell you today the only thing you have to do is live your life how God's called you to be it's going to bring honor to God cuz he's known you before you knew yourself, before you were formed in the womb, God knew you. And to walk in that plan, to walk in that guidance, I believe that God just looks down with such love, such pride and, and happiness, knowing that his people, somebody, finally somebody's getting it. And the number two reason why we serve is Jesus served. And it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Can I tell you a little secret tonight that we probably already know? Jesus is the greatest servant of all. Period. This is the King of Kings, God's Son, holy, the, just the perfect and spotless Lamb. If there was anybody that could have came to this earth to be served, it would have been our King. I want to think about that. What other, and, and if you just look in history and you look now and things, what king have you ever seen whose purpose was to serve? You know, when I read about kings, I see people presenting them, presenting the king or queen gifts that they become. They go before the presence and they bow down before bow down before kings and they offer them different things. But you know what? God, Jesus bowed down and offered His life. And we read that in the Bible that he washed the disciples' feet. And it threw him for a loof. Like, <laughs> why are you washing my feet? We should be washing your feet. But God is showing us something that it truly starts with love and serving our fellow man. And that, I just want to say that again, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We're the many. You're the many tonight. That God came to serve and to give his life for you. One of the be most beautiful th things I've ever heard about the cross was that he thought of me. <sighs> this sinner. You know, Christ didn't die on the cross when I was clean and saved. He died 
when I was still a sinner. It's such an amazing thing. Jesus was the greatest servant of all. He came to serve, not to be served. Everything that he did on his way to the cross was an act of serving. The miracles of healing, raising the dead to life, even speaking to the masses were all considered serving. Jesus' purpose was to be the atonement for our sin. Simply put, he could have just came and died on the cross. End of story, man saved. That could have been it. That's why Jesus died on the cross to cancel out, to get rid of that separation that man had had since the garden. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. I think it's so amazing. It says, in the story, man saved. However, we read that Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, came to serve, not to be served. Everything he did was out of love. It was grace. It was serving. If Christ served and we are to be Christ-like, then we must also serve. Come on, as our desire as Christians, we're many Christ. You know, if it was good enough for Jesus, this perfect, most amazing thing ever, then why can't we serve? No, if it's good enough for Christ, it's good enough for us. Everything that he did was out of love. And I just encourage you tonight that serving isn't just about, oh, I'm just going to get plugged in and I'm just going to help, whatever. All of that should stem from a place of love. When you get saved and you know the broken life that you came from and you know what you've been through, there should be a desire to spread that love. You know, that's what serving is. One of the greatest testimonies that we have as a church is that, and you guys know it, so many people week after week tell the office, they call the office and they always say, I'm just amazed how much love I feel in this house. You know it. When you enter the doors of heart sees, it's something different. You know, you may have been searching three to five years for a church and you've been trying to find a church to get plugged in. And it's amazing how when you encounter the love of Christ through people serving, how it will completely change your world. Because we've all been there. We've all been in, maybe you've been offended. You've been in a church where it was cold or somebody didn't welcome you. We pray that that never happens here. Because our purpose is to love on people. It's to see you flourish in, in that love and what God has done for you. And number three, why should I serve? To make a difference. And we're getting ready to show a video in a second that's kind of really lighthearted. Hope it gets a couple laughs. You don't have to laugh if you don't want to. That was a test. Some of you already laughed. But we want to make a difference in, in, in lives. And I want to tell you, your life can make a difference. Like, when we've heard this before, that God has given... Can we all just lift our hands tonight? Look at your hands. You have something in your hand right now that you can give, that you can serve. It's your testimony. It's what God has done in your life. It's healing in your body. And you have something to give. You know, I think that as I go back to that story before... Um, about the lady who, you know, possibly walked around. We're guessing what does she do for a career, and she doesn't know herself. But, you know, another sad thing is to think, like, you have this amazing testimony, and you've been in our church for six years, and nobody knows it. Or you have a talent. You have a God-given gift, whether it's a song or, or music. Maybe you're a great people person. You know what? You should be serving on our welcome team. You should be the first one at the door greeting people. Maybe you have a gift with young people. But one of the sad things to think is like you've had that we have this and we hold on to it. Because you know what? The, very, the person right next to you 
Their weakness may be your strength. You know, you could have somebody sitting here tonight who's been battling with alcohol, and you're sitting right next to a person who's been sober for 20 years because of Jesus. Come on, that's something to give. And so as we just play this video, this is the way that we don't want to make a difference. We don't want to be selfish. I can't feel my fingers anymore. They're, they're, they're numb. Maybe you should wear these extra gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. Extra gloves? You've had this pair of extra gloves this whole time? Yeah, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. What? I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you, Lloyd! Calm down! Right now, I'm going to kill you! Harry, you got that crazy look in your eyes! How many have enjoyed that? Come on, can I tell you tonight, it's time, if you're a part of Heart's Ease, it's time to get rid of those extra gloves. Come on, can, it's time to get rid of those extra gloves. You've been carrying your talent, your calling, you've been carrying your testimony too long by yourself. You know what? There's a neighbor next to you that's freezing. I could barely feel his fingers as we heard. Come on, it's time to take off those gloves tonight. Amen? Come on, lift up your hands. Shake off them gloves. Come on, you can throw them better than that. Wow, okay. We're going to talk with some people after church. <laughs> but how, uh, it's, a, it's a hilarious and a funny thing, it really is. But to think like your best friend is freezing, you see him freezing, and you just happen to randomly have these extra gloves. I want to tell you in the, and on a more serious note, there are people here that you can make a difference in. Not just people in church, but in your workplace, in your family, in your friends. And what are we doing holding on to extra gloves? You got this amazing salvation experience, but nobody in your work even knows you're saved. Because we're too afraid to share it. We're, we're afraid they're going to judge us and think I'm a holy roller. But you know what? It's time to give them your gloves. It's time to pass on the gift. Number four, to grow and to learn. And this is my testimony right here. This is what I'm, I'm going to stand up and yell. I know that the growth that's taken place in my life and what I've learned and what God has done through me, it's because I had an opportunity to serve in church. You know, we, we talked about that story earlier. I was lost and with no guidance. God completely saved and changed my life. And now I was ready to do whatever. But, you know, I had an opportunity to, to get involved. And maybe it was little things at first, it, you know, passing out flyers, handing out stuff. And then it was helping with an outreach or going to help with the youth conference. And the next thing I know, I've been in youth ministry for like three years. Like, and I look back, I'm like, what in the world happened? <laughs> I was saved, and now I'm married. <laughs> I'm part of an amazing praise and worship team. And I want to tell you, that when you serve, amazing things are going to happen in your life. You know, many of us, when we are new to Christianity, we're still, still trying to find our purpose and our calling and maybe even our talent. We want to take on the world, accomplish great things, yet at times we don't know what those things are. You know, as a church, we believe that, as we talked about in the dream board, that when we put God first, 
building his kingdom and serving is going to in return unlock those answers to many of those questions. That our identity is found in Christ. It's found through his word, relationship, and serving. To be Christ-like is to serve, to love, and to give. You know, I just want to also read something to you tonight. It says, we have read that God has known, knew us before we were formed in the womb. We've all heard this scripture. We also know that every single one of us has been born into the sin nature. It's the ultimate consequence to the fall of man is that sin nature. There's one thing that stands out more than anything when discussing God's plan and will for our lives, that he never intended for us to be separated from him. We were made for relationship, to bring him glory. What is our purpose in life, can I tell you? Is to be reunited with Christ. That's our purpose. Once I was separated, once I was lost, but now I'm found. We all have that same purpose. We may have different callings and talents and abilities, but our purpose is to be reunited with our Savior. It is found through his word and relationship and serving. I just want to echo that again. It's a love story. When we're talking about our purpose in life to be reunited with Christ, it's a love story. It's a homecoming. The vision behind iConnect is really simple, and you're going to hear this a million times, connect, to connect you to the person that God created you to be. What does that mean, to be Christ-like? We were made in his likeness. It's to use that God-given talent he instilled in you. It means to serve. Can I tell you that maybe your talent isn't just a talent, but it's grace. It's a tool to reunite you, reunite you with God, with what God created you to be. Just want to say that again. Maybe your talent, because I kind of messed it up. Maybe your talent isn't just a talent. It's grace. It's a tool to reunite you with what God created you to be. It's there to bring glory to God. And can I tell you, it's also there to bring others to the place where God has created them to be. Free, saved, and in relationship. That's what we're trying to get through you today. That serving, there's so many aspects of serving. It's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to radically change your life. But, but by you serving, by you getting plugged into our church through your testimony, guess what? You're going to help be a part of someone else having that same testimony. It's contagious. You know, in Jeremiah, I want to, we'll go through this again. Jeremiah 1, verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. In Isaiah 55, verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts through your thoughts. You know what that tells me? That my life is bigger than I realize. Your life is bigger than what you realize. Every day we have this perspective of what our life is. But you know what? It's bigger. It's bigger than our life. Bigger than what we realize. And we want to just, you know, as we read this scripture again, for as heaven, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a plan for our church. God has a vision for our church. We may not always know what's on the horizon, what's going to happen, but I want to just in, encourage you tonight as we move on, as we heard last week, to be a part of vision. You know, we're not being a part of vision with no plan or we're not being a part of God's vision and God is this unstable person. Let me tell you, God knows everything. 
He's got it all figured out. We read these scriptures and that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I want to be plugged in to something that's bigger than me. I don't want to be plugged in to something that has a limit. You know, I want to be plugged in to our maker, to the king of kings, to the Lord of lords, to be a part of vision. And I just want to echo that tonight. I'm telling you, the vision that we have in this house, the culture that we have in this house, is going to always be there to see people come to have a relationship with Christ. That's what it is always about. As you get involved in ministry and you start serving, that's something that you're going to always hear, no matter what ministry involved in, that it's about Jesus. That we may be having a youth event or a worship night or men's Bible study or women's Bible study, but all of those are for the purpose of, for us to grow in Christ, to come to know Jesus, to be what God has created us to be. We good so far? Awesome. All right, so how do I serve? If I'm just being honest, when I got saved, I really didn't know. Like, how do I serve? <laughs> like, I get what you're saying. I can be involved in ministry. I could be a part, but how do I do it? Like, what exactly do I need to do? How, what are my abilities related to serving? Are there guidelines? Are, is there a certain way I'm supposed to talk to people? Is there something I'm, a way I'm supposed to carry myself? I, I didn't know. And so I just want to kind of use some examples tonight. How many of us have ever had a bad waiter at a restaurant? All right. How many of you in here are waiters? <laughs> I was hoping somebody would fall. <laughs> no, but how many of you have really had bad service at a restaurant? Like, you're just in shock. You're there to have a nice meal with your family. The waiter, the waitress, you would think something horrible just happened. You know, very mean, ugly. You find hair in your food. I mean, hey, I'll be the first to tell you, at our employee Christmas luncheon about two years ago, we're talking about Christmas, celebrating the birth of Christ, I found a hair this long in my green bean casserole. Like, that's, mm -mm. No, no, ma'am. Protein? Nope, I'd rather be malnourished than... To eat somebody else's hair. But you know what? It ruined my whole Christmas Day luncheon. It's the one time of the year I don't have to buy my lunch at work. That it's the one, I get a meal. And we had ribs and we had chicken and potato salad. I love green beans. And there was a hair. The one thing I was looking for was a hair. But you know what? It ruined my whole experience. What happened was all the other food was amazing. But in the back of my mind, if the green beans had hair... Wonder what the potato salad has. You know, is that an onion or a fingernail? <laughs> I don't. I mean, what are you going to say? Like, thank you for saving my life, Jesus. Merry Christmas. So, it can it can really change your experience, and and I just want to ask you that when you've had a bad waiter, how did it affect your dining experience? Did it make the food, if you went to a restaurant, the food wasn't that great anyway. It wasn't Jay Alexander's or Ruth Chris, a nice, delicious steak. Guess what? It kind of makes the food taste just a little bit worse. Like in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, that waiter has something out to get me. He's probably the one putting the hair in the food. It could really affect your experience, and it could really have an impact. But you know there's the opposite of it. How many of you have had an awesome waiter? 
just amazing. Like before you even to go pick up your glass, she's there with another glass of water. Like I, you don't even let me get thirsty. You just here with another glass. And so it, it, that will enhance your dining experience because you may be at a restaurant, as we said before, the food is just okay, such and such. But, man, when you have great service, when you have a great hostess, a great waiter, guess what? That food, that $2 burger is like a $20 burger. It may not even be real meat. It could be soy. But guess what? It gives me joy. <laughs> How you like that? Y'all didn't know I was a poet, huh? <laughs> so anyway, the impact that we're going to have in church is two things. It's either going to be a, great impa- a good impact or a bad impact in how we serve can make someone's experience at church a good one or it can make it a bad one. You, know, you may have somebody that comes through these doors that's just going through a lot in life, whether it's through family or work issues or health issues. But guess what? If they come into this house and they see the most loving welcome team, it makes their life just a little better. You know, that's the impact that you can have. As, as man, as, as people in here today, we don't have every single answer. We don't have the answers. I can't wave my hand and make somebody's problem disappear. But you know what? I don't want to be a problem multiplier. I don't want to add extra burden to somebody who's already going through a tough time. So as we just continue tonight, we're going to talk about how do I serve? What are the different ways and how do I serve? Number one, joyfully. Everybody joyful? Joyful? All right. Psalms 35, verse 9. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. What's there not to be joyful for? We have been saved, made new, and set free. I got a life. I got a wife. You know, y'all didn't, I'm still a poet. I'm telling you. You know, my life is, is <laughs> so different than what it used to be. And all of us, we had that same testimony that, we have so much to be joyful for. So how do I serve? Joyfully. You know, if you, when you get, become a part of the welcome team, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, welcome to Heartsies. Um, it's a great church. Get plugged in ministry. It's food Sunday. There may be green bean casserole. Could be a hair. Hey, but Jesus loves you. Really, he does. Did you know that? I mean... We want to be joyful. We, we should be screaming about what God's done in our life. When people come into this church, they're like, man, that's the most joyful church I've ever been in. That Maybe they're a little too happy. But you know what? We're going to be a too happy church. That we're going to be joyful. That we're going to rejoice in our salvation. Number two, thankfully. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. I want to tell you, that makes all the difference when you come here on Sunday mornings and you're ready to serve and you're thankful for what God's done in your life. That we are thankful for what he's done in us, but we're also thankful for what he's going to do through us. That God's going to use you. Come on, be thankful that God's going to use your testimony, that he's going to use you serving, and that you don't have to be perfect. We're not perfect, but God still wants to use us. Serving is the opportunity of a lifetime. We get, to be, we get to be a part of something great. We can share in the vision of what God has in store for us as a church and that it's bigger than all of us. And another thing to be thankful, we're his. You are God's. You are God's child. He died for you. Guess what? Our church, it's his. It, that, that gives me peace, assurance to know that our church it's God's church. 
Like it's God's vision that he has given and has passed through Philip and that we're seeing to come to pass. I don't have to doubt or have reservations about what our church is going to be or what it's going to do. Because you know what? It's God's church. God doesn't fail. He doesn't let us down. People are going to be saved in this church. People are going to get healed in this church. People are going to find relationship in this church. Like I said, I found a life, found a wife. You know, it's, you're gonna have, you, I just want to speak honestly. There's a long part of my life that I, after a bad relationship that I never knew if I could love someone again, that to find somebody that could love me, that could that actually happen? Will I get married and will I have kids? You know, I, as I was 28 years old, I'm seeing all my friends on Facebook. They got like three or four kids. And they've had this whole, it seems like this, this whole amazing life. And I'm still 30, 28, and, and, and still waiting for that chapter to take, to start in my life. But it has. And I, I'm telling you, when you get plugged into church, when you put God as your first priority, as we talked about, I keep forgetting what side of things on, that when we switch our focus, that all of those, some of those desires that you have, if they line up for God's will, God's going to focus on those things. You know, I didn't have to really ask for Megan. God gave her to me. Like, people say, you know, you're with the person of your dreams. I'm not. You know why? Because it was beyond my dreams. I could have never imagined that I would have such an amazing family, that I would have such a loving and supportive wife and such a great daughter. I mean, you see her. She's like a future top model. She's amazing. (laughs) She's incredible. It's like, that's my baby, me, the same guy that was lost with no purpose and no direction. I want to tell you, as you you heard our pastor say, I was the next day I was going to enlist into the Air Force to do my physical, to do all of that. And God got a hold of my life. I never was even interested in the Air Force. I was just like, hey, I could get a GI Bill, go to college and I could run away from my problems. But you know what? I ran to the problem solver. And it just amazes me. And I look back and I know it's because I'm so thankful to this church. I'm so thankful to this pastor that I was given a chance to serve and to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. Because when you're a part of something that's bigger than you, it stretches you. stretches you beyond what you thought you could be. I never would think that I would be up here speaking in front of you. Never. I was shy. I wasn't someone who wanted attention. You can ask my mom and, and Megan... I never was big into birthday parties. I didn't want the focus to be on me. I was always just want to stay in my room and watch TV and to be by myself. But you know what? I'm part of something bigger. What I'm a part of is bigger than my insecurity. It's bigger than my any doubts or any fear that I had. It stretches me beyond that. You know, in the third way, how do I serve wholeheartedly? You know, when we talk about wholeheartedly, I'm not talking about like a time frame, like you got to commit and you got to serve this amount of days and you have to do this, this, and this. What I'm talking about, your heart, we're talking about desire. We're talking about a devoted lifestyle, wholeheartedly. Like my heart is in it. I have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. You know, uh, if you look up the definition of wholeheartedly, one of them, which I thought was so awesome, is free from reservations. Can I tell you, you can serve in this church wholeheartedly and be free from reservations. You can, like I said, God stretched me beyond my insecurity. Some of those reservations that we have in our life is I can't. Insecurity. 
God can stretch us beyond that. We all battle with insecurity. Men, women, doesn't matter how old you are. We all have insecurity. But you know what? I'm a part of something bigger. I'm a part of something that tells me that God knew me before I was born. That my identity is found in him. And you know what that means? God's not an insecure God. That I get my security in God. Number two, that he won't. How many of us have that? Well, I don't want to get involved or I don't want to do this because God's not going to come through. That's doubt. Let me tell you, you're, you could be a part of something that's bigger than doubt. Well, what takes the place of doubt is assurance. I have assurance in Christ. I have assurance in this church. We all can have that. Number three is that we think one of the reservations that we think is it's, it's impossible. It's impossible for me to ever to speak about serving. It's impossible for me to ever go to my workplace and tell somebody about what Christ has done in my life. But, you know, we got to have faith that it's not impossible. You know, I want to tell you that God can, he will, and he is. God, no matter the insecurity, no matter what you face, that God can stretch you beyond that. And then I just want to read a statement, and it may be a bold statement. It says, one wholehearted servant can accomplish more than several half-hearted people. You may have heard something similar like this in your workplace. You could have five people who are just messing around trying to get the job done. They don't really care. They're thinking about what they're going to do on the weekend. They're thinking about the horrible Christmas luncheon with the hair and the green bean casserole. You know, your heart's not into it. But guess what? You take one person who knows their vision, their identity, they have a devoted lifestyle, and they're going to accomplish more than several people who are not in it to win it. Come on. Let's be wholehearted. We have nothing to lose. I know we have insecurities. I know we think, how could I ever serve? How can I serve? I've done too many bad things in my life. I've made too many mistakes. How can God use me? You know what? He's the ransom for many. God is that ransom for my sin. So even if you tonight you feel like you're a failure, it's too late. I want to tell you, it's not too late. When I think wholeheartedly, I think of God having grabbing the whole part of my heart that no matter if I had thought in the past that I messed up or that I couldn't serve you know what God tells me that I can and through I connect through the welcome team we're here to to help you on that path you know that it's not an overnight thing you look at your life today and if you take evaluation and you stay a part of this church five years from now you're going to be unrecognizable you're going to look back and like man I remember being a part of I Connect and having all these doubts and wondering if I can ever do that. Now I've been a part of youth ministry for three years, or I've been in the nursery, or I'm a part of the, the, in the men's Bible study and the men's, and I'm a part of the praise and worship team, that God is going to completely change your life. You know, number four, with teamwork. You know, we're not looking to put a team together that's full of all-stars. We talked about, talked about earlier, a pastor's not interested in his name getting all the attention, that we're looking for people who are going to be role players, those that are going to have a whatever-it-takes mentality, that have a team-first attitude. Remember that the vision is bigger than us and to have a desire to grow and learn. You know, that's what we're interested in. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, to be a religious scholar. You don't have to have been saved for 30 years. All you have to be is willing to be used, is to willing to, to grow and to learn, and God's going to use you in such an amazing way. One of, the, one of the greatest 
um, teamwork sports that I can think of is volleyball. I'm not big into volleyball. I don't really watch it a lot, but I've always been amazed how it's such a team effort. That the same, when, when I remember playing some, like the same person doesn't always serve, that they rotate. That you may be on the defense one day, then you may be on the offense the other. Like it's a team effort. You can have a great tall person who is 6'3 and can spike everything over the nets, but guess what? That person's useless if there's not someone who's a, a good assist maker. I don't know what you call it in volleyball. A setter. You know, you, that's what we need. We need people who are going to fill all the roles of our church. You know, there's people in here that you're going to be involved in ministries. You may lead a ministry one day, but you know what? I can tell you one of the greatest things, too, is that, there are, that no matter what, you're still going to be a part of something. You know, one of the greatest people that, that inspires me in the Bible is Jonathan. That Jonathan was always there for David. That, that amazes me. John the Baptist. We're talking about the, what Christ said is the greatest prophet of them all. You know, and you know how he didn't get the glory. He died in a cell. But you know what? He pointed the way to Jesus. And that's something that we can all do. No matter what our talent is, no matter how we serve, we get the opportunity, not being perfect, to point the way to Christ. Such an amazing thing. And the last thing, how do we serve? And it's respectfully. To maximize the impact of serving in our church, we must have boundaries and guidelines in place. And as we said before, we're not here to manipulate you. We're not here to, to take advantage of you. We're not here to reign over you and to, to try to run your life or to try to tell you this is what you have to do, this, this, and this, and always. No, what we're here to do is to be an encouragement to you. But there are boundaries and guidelines that we have to have in place. And it was, it's because that there's a biblical standard of excellence in place starting with our pastor. We heard last week that there's a vision that God and a dream that God has put in our pastor. And, he, and the exact words that came out of his mouth, whether it was last night or before, is that, of course, he's going to be careful with that. You know, it makes a difference to him. It's his vision. It's his dream. So he's going pro- to protect that. You know, he has to set a level of excellence in his life and as a pastor of our church that no matter what, he's living up to that vision and that dream that God has placed in him. He has to meet that. You know, he, we, we think we have all the answers, but you know what? Our pastor is accountable to God. You know, he's accountable to God for the way he operates in our church. For all these people that are a part of our church, God holds him accountable. You know, he can't begin to preach something that he thinks is right. He's got to be according to God's word. It has to be led of the Holy Spirit. That's a, an incredible responsibility. You know, we all want to be, pa- some of us, we want to be pastors and we want the spotlight. But guess what? There's a lot that comes with it. That you're going to be held accountable, accountable that you're going to be responsible. You know what? And that there are also leaders who have been entrusted to uphold this standard. Just like God has trusted our pastor with this vision, with this dream, our pastor has to trust people with this dream. You know, the leadership team, those who are in place, like I said, we're not here, we're no better than you. And don't, don't ever think for a second that we know it all and that it's about us because it's not. I'm telling you, we, I was lost, no guidance, no direction. But God can use you in such an amazing way. And for the way church has to operate is that he has to have people on his side, in his leadership team, that he can trust with that dream and vision. That he can't just allow anybody to be a part because somebody can destroy that vision. 
Somebody can hamper that, that dream. And guess what? When you destroy a vision, a dream of a church, it affects, affects more than one life. It affects all of us. It affects all the people that we could have reached. You know, and then on top of that, when you get involved in ministry, like we'll just start with the youth ministry with Josh as our youth pastor. If you look at the cycle, it starts with God, accountability to, with Philip, and then to, from our pastor to Josh. And now Josh, people that are going to be serving in his ministry, Josh has got to pass down that dream and that ministry and that vision too. That there's still a standard of excellence. And that we may not always understand. There may be things that as a leader of a ministry may do that you may not understand, that you may question. But I want to tell you, like truthfully, that the people that God has put in place, that, that our pastor has entrusted, we have your best interest at heart. You know, we're here to see you grow and to see you just flourish into what God has created you to be. And, and uh, that we can make the most difference when we operate according to these guidelines and boundaries that are in place. You know, one thing, one misconception that I had about church before I, I got saved is I thought it was a list of all these things that I couldn't do. I can't do this anymore. I can't do that. But you know what? It's about what I can do. It's about what you can do. You can be a part of vision. You can serve in your church. You know that we need your help. You know, like our pastor can't do it by himself. By himself. The ministries that are in this church, they can't do it by themselves. We need help. We need people who are going to be team players and, and, and are going to lead by example. And you know, and there take, there's some understanding. And there's things that it takes to uphold this standard. And it's just three simple things. Strong leadership, accountability, and understanding. And I want to echo that because I think sometimes when we get involved in ministry that, you know, we have a boss at work. We have somebody who's over us at work. And then we come into church and sometimes that can hinder us. It's easy to get discouraged because we don't necessarily agree with the, what someone else is trying to do. But it goes back to the point of the, the part where that, that person has been entrusted to, to carry out God's plan and his will. And that there's such accountability. You know, as worship leaders, as Megan and I, we have accountability to our pastor. I want to tell you that. I can't just come up here and do any song that we want. You know, they have to be God-based songs. They have to be in line with our culture of our church. It's the same thing with every ministry, that there's accountability that's within this church, throughout our church. And that understanding, what I mean by understanding is to understand we may not always understand but to have that trust and that faith that, as we said before, it's bigger than us. That God is, gonna, is in charge and he's in control. So as we close tonight, when we're running out of time, what happens when I serve? We've talked about this several times. It honors God. You know, I grow. The limits come off of my life. His plans for my life come to fruition. His plan for my life and church can be fulfilled. My purpose is revealed. I'm on my way to becoming what God has created to me to be. Another way, what happens when you serve? I impact my church, not just in size, but in lives. We saw that, remember the glove story? You can impact somebody that's next to you by just sharing your testimony, by serving joyfully or thankfully, that you impact your church. We're not a number-driven church. We're a people-driven church. You know, we're a heart-seized family life church. This is God's church. We're a family. You know, I impact my world 
And what I'm trying to say that is my life counts. It makes a difference that my life has value. You may have lived your life thinking you weren't, you didn't have any value or what can you give? I want to tell you if you are set free, if God has saved you and has changed your heart, guess what? You have more value than you can ever measure. You can't even put a number on that. It's limitless because you know why you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You can't measure that. My life counts. And I'm also called to make a difference outside of my church as well. In my family, in my friends, in my workplace or school. You know, that's a part of iConnect too, is that we're not just good uh, team players or servers in our church. But when we go outside of church, what we learn in church, being growing and learning is going to make us better employees. That's a testimony. I want all of like at my, my job. I'm telling you, a Christian should never be the worst employee in their workplace. That does not speak of God's goodness. That does not speak of his excellence. We should be Christ-like. We should make a difference. And in closing, the last thing I want to say tonight is that if there is one thing that we should always remember in regards to serving is that serving is truly a privilege. He's given us such an amazing opportunity. We get one life. And this is our chance to make a once-in-a-lifetime impact, an impact that will echo for all of eternity. And what I mean by that, when you, heaven is going to be the most amazing thing. There's going to be no want, no need, no weakness. Heaven's going to be, you can't even describe it. But you know why we're here? This is our only opportunity, not just in life, but in eternity, to help someone to be an encouragement to someone. When we're in heaven in the presence of Christ, I'm not going to need to be encouraged. I'm not going to have a bad day. I'm not going to be in need. I'm going to have everything I want. So this is our chance. This is your chance to make a difference, to make a difference in someone's life, whether to see them grow or come to know Christ, that that they're going to be in heaven with us, that we're going to all be fulfilled and live God according to his purpose. And that despite our flaws and shortcomings, He's chosen us. He's chosen us. He's chosen me. He's chosen you. That no matter that, we, that we're not perfect, that he still uses us, that God uses imperfect people to spread his perfect love, to spread his perfect grace, to spread his perfect word. And the last statement tonight, there is a plan for your life. I want to tell you that. In the bottom of my heart, I've been there, not knowing what God had in store for me. No clue whatsoever. But there's a plan. There's a plan in your life. And, and the, as we go through iConnect, I mean, we're not up here promising you you're going to walk out the doors today and you're going to know what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life. But serving, being a part of vision, we'll hear next week through Pete, being committed in, to our church in a relationship with God is the beginning of such an amazing journey in your life. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. 
Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.